celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Let's see, Judy has booked another humdinger of a show today. Dr. Marty Becker will be back. If you travel with your pets, and we all travel with our pets. Sure we do. There are certain things you should bring with you every time you travel. And he's going to have that list in just a few minutes I right think here. he's got three things three that things. you must have. I can't even imagine what they are. I don't know. I'm going to stick around for that. Also, on a uh, much more dim note, uh, we all have to deal with pet loss. Unfortunately, these uh, beautiful creatures don't live as long as we do. Well, unless you're uh, like a, a cockatoo, like uh, Gurney. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> who will live forever. Yeah. Yes, she will. When we deal with pet loss, oftentimes you get a little embarrassed to tell people because you're afraid they'll think you're crazy that you're so emotionally attached to your yeah. pet and that you're they, getting they upset. They roll their eyes yep, 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 yep. and give you that look. And especially when it's your work, you know, they don't understand that you want to take a couple of days off just to mourn or grieve over a pet loss. I'm so, so glad we're going to cover this. I worked at a radio station one time that i had two days off after a dog drowned and it was tragic oh and i was called into the office after i returned to work and said it's a dog yeah yeah that, well <laughs> that's too bad. bad you know what that's yeah. what that those people need to be taken outside and <laughs> you'll take care of it joey you know yeah. uh, you just I tell will. joey uh he'll go over and i'll break some knuckles but here's the thing for all of us, it's like a family member, and it can be actually more disturbing than a family member. This animal's giving you unconditional love. So we'll be talking to a lady who's, she's a pet loss counselor. She's going to be talking about the new thing in companies allowing uh, you to take a few days a week off. For pet bereavement. It, for pet bereavement. Yeah. Pet bereavement leave, which is a great trend. And that's on the way right here on Animal Radio. Also, I have some flea facts. I uh, went cruising over Wikipedia, and i got to tell you, these fleas... They're pretty clever little creatures. and <laughs> Yes, they, they are. They resilient. Have very resilient. I'll tell you all about them coming up in just a few minutes. Joey, what are you talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about the tap water and how it could affect your pet's coat. Tap water. Do you clean your dog in tap water, Judy, or do you use the uh, purified water? No, I just use tap water wherever I'm at. Should we be worried about that, Joey? Are you going to tell us we shouldn't be using tap water? Listen, it's not something you really have to be worried about, but it can actually change um, your pet's color and the way the coat feels. So stay, Mm. stay tuned. Okay. Lori Brooks, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? I am so excited about this one story I'm going to tell you about. It is great Great, great, the best news for military dogs. It's been a huge social media campaign, and I know a lot of you have probably signed petitions and things for it, so we'll tell you the good news for military dogs on the way. Oh, I don't think I've seen you this excited in a while. (laughs) It's good news. Let's uh, go to the phones right now for your calls for Dr. Debbie or Dog Father Joey Villani. Directly from the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android, it's a free download thanks to those folks over at Doctors, Fosters, and Smith. And what do you say we yap with Jesse? Hey, Jesse, how you doing? I'm okay. How are you? Good. Where are you calling from? Uh, Costa Mesa, California. Oh, the L.A. area. Well, now you say you're just okay. What can we do to, to make it excellent? So I recently moved in um, with a roommate who has a puppy, and he doesn't pay attention to the puppy at all. And, like, since I've moved in here in October, I've, got, I've taught him how to sit, 
um, and used the doggy door, hoping that he'd be able to run around the living room at least. But because he's not, like, being trained or even spent time with by the owner, the puppy just doesn't grasp the concept of where to pee outside, Mm, that kind of thing. And, like, I have a dog of my own and a cat, and um, my dog doesn't want to hang out with him. Like, I'll try to walk the puppy, like, once a day um, just to, like, get him out of his kennel area. And that's the thing. It's just... It's really hard to watch because he's just a puppy. I need time. How old? How many months? He's, I think, six months now. Six months old. Okay. Yeah. And okay. My, my roommate, like, that's the thing. Like, I've told my roommate, like, you need to spend time and set him on a schedule. You know, mm-hmm. you got to pay attention to him. And he just continues to play computer games, like, all day and isn't taking it seriously. So... Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is unfortunately so true that you get what you put into a dog. And um, when we don't train them, when we don't give them structure and a solid schedule, we can't expect them to be a uh, well-behaved canine good citizen. Um, so uh, you're, you're totally right in all your concerns um, if this dog is not getting uh, the the handling and the training that he needs. I guess the hard thing is, you know, I, I have some freight conversations with your roommate, um, you know, because he is the actual pet owner, he is the one that is ultimately responsible. So I don't know if this is a, a, a pup that you would want to take in and you know, say, hey, you know, you know, if you're not interested in taking care of him, you know, I can assume ownership. Is that something you'd consider? And that's the thing. I've, like, lightly touched on the subject and kind of got defensive. And so, but I don't understand it because he doesn't, like, if he would spend one hour of the day with the dog, I'd be stoked. I don't know if he'd be willing to give the pup up to me. Yeah. yeah. Is he just a well, roommate or is he a boyfriend? Just uh, curious. Because they're a lot. No, he's just a roommate. Just yeah. a roommate. Okay. Yeah, if he was a boyfriend, I think I'd have more control. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think ultimately, you know, he has to be the one to make decisions. Now, if if it's something where you can't assume ownership or or, or don't want to, um, you know, maybe even offering to be more involved with the dog's training, um, whether that's on a volunteer basis or, or, or you you know, say, hey, you know, for so much, you know, I'll, I'll train him and I'll get him to a point where he's going to be a super puppy. But to take a, an active role, I think is it's wonderful that you are concerned, but I think you just have to find the right way to breach the subject. And only you know your roommate and, and how well or, or how badly that could go over. Um, but I I think you got to have that conversation and uh, see if you can find something in the middle there. I mean, there's some other things that, you know, we can look at doing, but if even if, you know, you or someone can get some structure in this dog's life, you know, getting the potty training down, um, just good skills as far as so we don't have a destructive puppy that wants to chew things around the house. Um, you know, there's some other things we can look at doing. I, I love the interactive dog toys and puzzles as a way to help keep a dog interested and busy. Um, but for a bored, um, I don't want to say neglected puppy, but for one that is really socially understimulated, mm-hmm. um, those kind of toys don't make up for the lack of structure. But those are some you know, things you can try to help uh, you know, keep the little guy occupied and interested. Yeah, it's more of like, I think, just a personal thing, like, because I don't know how to approach him to the point where he'll actually change, you know? Yeah, so why did he get a puppy? I'm just curious if it doesn't sound like he's... 
According to him, he got it for his children, but they only come to visit, I came to find out, like twice or for two weeks out of the year. So, hmm. And I think mm-hmm. he just thought if he got a puppy, it was just magically going to be a good dog. Yeah, that time you put in, like I said, it it, it pays back down the road, but right. the time has to be put on in this little guy. So, mm-hmm. oh well, I, good luck with things. I mean, I I definitely think you know some frank conversations, and then you know, in whatever level involvement you can kind of help or guide him. Um, some people just don't really know what it takes, and they don't know where to start. So whether that's you that helps, or finding a free uh, puppy obedience club. Um, in your area, that might be one way to get him more involved and say, hey, you know, here's this opportunity. Um, we have those in, in our areas with a lot of different um, clubs. I, I would just Google free obedience. Yeah, just different obedience groups in your area, and you can even check, reach out to your shelters in the area, because a lot of times um, different adoption agencies may even give recommendations. You know, that's a way we start dogs off on a good foot. You adopt a pet, and, you know, here's some tools, here's an um, outlet where you can go to get training, and they may have some good good guides in your area. Okay, thank you so much. I'll definitely look into that. Thank good, you. Good luck with that, Jesse. We we wish you the best, and hopefully you can nip that in the bud. Because if that dog learns these bad behaviors and turns into an adult dog, it'll be it'll be tough to train new behaviors. All right. Thank you guys so much. Have a great day. Uh, that's a tough one when you're dealing with a roommate that isn't on board yeah. with the pets. Well, don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app. For iPhone and Android. Download it now, why don't you? It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes, helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, everywhere in between. Visit them now at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. I just realized I have anal glands on my watch. Oh. (laughs) Isn't that sort of a hazard of being... A doctor? Well, I usually get it on me, but I, I kept washing my hands. I'm like, I don't understand why I still stink. And I just flipped my watch because I'm wearing it backwards today for some reason because it was irritating me. So I flipped it back and I'm like, oh, there's anal glands on my watch. But that's not the first time a lady like you's been splashed with anal glands. I'm no, pretty but sure. I, I, I usually don't wear it throughout the day like perfume on my wrist. <laughs> Didn't you have a contest down there at the office to see who could shoot the anal glands the furthest? Oh, we do that regularly. I, I usually win. <laughs> it's then, always a, a bonus if you hit the new employee with it, you know. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. That's the, uh, what do they call that, the hazing? The initiation. The initiation there. No, no, no. It's on-the-job learning. Oh, on-the-job learning, of course. <laughs> oh, let's be politically correct here. <laughs> and, of course, that stuff smells like fish. I didn't realize that until... Ladybug let loose once, and it, it was like fish, not like any. It wasn't oh, like poo. It was like it's nasty, oh, horrible smelling, rotten stuff. fish, rotten fish. Yeah. Okay. Well, be thankful you're on the other side of the radio, and you don't have to smell it. <laughs> so you can call in, and you can ask your questions. She can give you the, her depth of knowledge. She knows everything about animals, and you don't even need to smell her. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. that your new pet grows up healthy and happy with regular veterinary exams. Call your veterinarian today. A message from your local veterinarians. This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet.
How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143-800-689-0143-800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. Hi, this is Anne-Marie Lucas from Animal Precinct and the ASPCA. And when I'm not out busting bad guys for abusing animals, I am home listening to Animal Radio. Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Good. Um, I've got two small dogs, and they got into, I don't know which one ate the most or... They both ate. If one just ate the whole thing and the other one did not get any, what, what did they get into? What did, yeah, what did they eat? Pork rinds. Pork rinds. Oh, I used to eat those all the time when I was oh. on the Atkins diet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so uh, was this a full bag of pork rinds? Uh, I would be probably uh, uh, about a half a bag. Okay. All right. Is anybody showing any symptoms as so far? Not so far, but um, I'm no longer with the dogs right now. I had to hit the road, and so my wife is watching them. But we did okay. have one dog years ago that we gave them pork chop fat, and she died from it. So well, I don't dogs. understand. we got to back up here because I'm completely confused. Pork rinds are not good for dogs? Okay, pork rinds are you know really high in fat. It, it's basically the the, the deep fried fat um, from pork, and you know it's going to have a lot of salt in it, so it's kind of cured. So because of those two things, the high fat and the high salt content, it definitely can be problematic. Um, now, depending on who got it and how much was ingested by each particular dog, this may be something as simple as some stomach upset with diarrhea or vomiting. Um, I do tend to see in dogs that get into this kind of thing, you will even see a greasy nature to the stools when when they're passing their stools. So that would definitely be, I'd say, on the lower end of the concern level. On the higher end of the concern level is something, uh, pancreatitis, which I might be suspicious might have been what was going on with your other baby, um, because we know that in dogs, when they eat a high-fat meal, they get into the garbage, they get into the leftover things, good and goodies, and overdo it, it can trigger a problem with the pancreas, where too many of the digestive enzymes are released. It causes abdominal pain, vomiting, can be very serious. It can be life-threatening. So that would be on the higher end of my concern spectrum. And I think with that, um, that would really, for for your situation, Jim, I I would honestly say we'd have to watch and see how we're doing. If we saw any symptoms of anyone not eating, having vomiting or just abdominal pain when you kind of touch their belly and kind of just gently squeeze, if they groan or kind of cry out, that would be a pet I'd get to the veterinarian right away. Um, But you know, because we don't know who got what and how much, um, you know, it may just me- be a matter of watching and waiting there. I hope everything turns out okay, and and you have a wonderful holiday there, Jim. 
All right, thank you. Thanks for your call, Jim. Fingers crossed there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Jesse Tyler Ferguson from Modern Family. I'm on Animal Radio. Adopt a pet. It's time for another Nutrilife pet tip. If you have a senior dog, you probably already know they can give just as much love as a puppy. Here's some tips for your senior dog. First of all, don't overfeed your dog. I know your dog gives you those puppy dog eyes, but it doesn't mean you have to feed them every time they look at you. And make sure he or she gets adequate exercise, too. You know, to work off the meals. And notice if your senior dog's sleeping cycle has changed. They may want to sleep just a little bit more than they did before. That was a Nutrilife pet tip. This is Animal Radio, baby. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. It's the time of year when everyone is out shopping, fighting for parking spaces, and spending way too much money, all in pursuit of the perfect present. Maybe the best gift is one we already enjoy every day. This season, why not consider the presence of our animal friends as our present? Animals gift us with their lives for our comfort and convenience. They lift our spirits, inspire great works of art, song, and poetry, and are the most agreeable companions. All it takes is one small, cheerful sparrow in the backyard to remind us that we are never alone. Scientific studies show that the unconditional love of our pets can touch and heal us in magnificent ways. People experience lower blood pressure, stress, and heart rates when in the presence of their animal companions. Those who have suffered heart attacks live longer if they have an animal friend than if they don't. And people with pets just make fewer trips to the doctor's office. If we are suffering from depression, having a dog to walk, a cat to care for, a bird to talk to, or even watching fish in an aquarium helps us find a focus outside our sadness and allows us to connect with the larger world. When horses allowed us on their backs, They gifted us with the ability to travel farther than our own two feet could ever carry us. Today, it is still horsepower that gets us to the mall. Pigeons have saved the lives of soldiers by carrying secret information across enemy lines. The seashell murex gives its life to gift us with the color purple. Bats gift us with lovely and peaceful twilights by eating mosquitoes. For the ancient Romans, a magical woodpecker brought rain to refresh and revitalize a city. That is a great present. It was Raven who brought fire to humankind. And in the Quran, the Saluki breed of dog is considered a gift of Allah. One of the most prized gifts one could receive from the ancient Chinese emperor was one of his royal dogs. And how long would Noah have been adrift if a dove had not found land? A recent study found that workers would be willing to take a cut in salary and work longer hours if they could bring their dog to work. A survey by Time magazine found that playing with a pet improved one's mood more than exercise, eating, or sex. So during this holiday season, consider the presence of your animal friends as your present and have your presence be their present too. Happy Holidays from Voice of the Animal and Rayanne Cumulos. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, I'm Dan Aykroyd. Have the happiest of holidays. This is Heather Lockler wishing you all the merriest Christmas. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets.
Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084 That's 800-478-6084 This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, it's a great day for military heroes on both ends of that leash. That gigantic defense spending bill that was recently signed has something to do with animals. Included in that bill was a provision that will allow U.S. military dogs to be returned to the United States upon their retirement, and it also gives their military handlers first chance to adopt the dog. Well, previously, U.S. military dogs could be retired overseas, and that made them technically civilians, and so they were ineligible then for military transport back home to the U.S. The American Humane Association, by the way, estimates that each military dog saves the lives of between 150 and 200 servicemen and women by detecting IEDs and hidden weapons. And it's just a bonus that reuniting working dogs with their handlers can help both dog and human veterans overcome wartime trauma and readjust to civilian life. Teach your dog or cat a few tricks, and who knows, your golden years might be a little bit better for it. The movement to improve care for older pets, that's been going on for a little while, but the idea of training pets to help out aging baby boomers is really kind of new. Experts say that by this time next year, about 25 million baby boomers will be between the ages of 65 and 70. Now, sure, the millennial group will still outnumber their older generation, but boomers, we were the ones who made cats and dogs part of the family. So here's a few things you can buy as gifts for that special older person in your life who has pets but already has everything else. How about a short leash that has an ergonomic fat handle? It allows older people with joint issues to have a better grip on the dog and also allows less jarring of their bones. Or raised food bowls. Those help the dogs but also keep the older owners from having to bend down so far. Lightweight cat litter. Now, that might not sound like such a great gift, but the older person will surely be thankful to you the next time they're at the grocery store and don't have to lug a 20-pound box of litter out to the car on icy pavement. And my favorite one is you could try a pooper scooper service for the winter months so they don't have to go outside in the cold and risk falling. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. If you travel with your pets, you'll want to listen up. Dr. Marty Becker has three things you should take with you every time you travel with your pets. 
coming up in just a few minutes. I also have some pretty interesting facts about fleas. Flea facts. Flea facts on the way. Some flea facts that you probably didn't know. Uh, but first, and we've been already talking about this a little bit, if you lose your loved furry friend, and chances are you will, because they don't live as they don't live long lives, unfortunately. Wish they did, but uh, it can be very traumatic. And especially traumatic when you try to explain it to other people, in particular your employer, who may not be very compassionate to it. And Lori, you just told us a story a few minutes ago about one of your employers, and uh, oh, it was horrible. Well, they only gave you—they gave you—they actually—they actually did give you two days off. But then what happened? Well, then you know that I was called into the office of my boss, and. He said, you know, we're not very happy about this. And I explained what happened because the dog drowned and it Mm. was Mm. tragic and such a shock. Uh, It was horrible. And he said, it's just a dog. Mm. That was the bullet. mm -hmm. Yeah, it really was. Because for us, they're family and sometimes even closer than the human members of our family. And it's okay to get more upset about them than maybe a human member of your family passing away. Uh, More and more companies are starting to say, hey, we're going to give pet bereavement. One of the companies I'm proud to say they were a sponsor and are a sponsor every year. They come back for their photo contest. Kimpton Hotels, uh, one of the pioneers in not only allowing animals into the hotel, pet-friendly hotel, but they also give their employees pet bereavement. A little bit of time off. I think that's awesome. That is, and you know, I've had to write a letter to uh, employers in the past because they, people didn't believe that they were really leaving work and taking time off because their pet had ha- died. And I actually have written letters to employers proving the fact that this happened because they just didn't understand the whole concept. Mm. Jeez. And if you don't own a pet, then it's easy to understand why you, you might not understand the concept. Uh, we have Dr. Sandra Grossman joining us. She's a pet loss counselor with Pet Loss Partners in Los Angeles. Welcome to the show. Dr. Grossman. Thank you. Are you uh, seeing more companies being compassionate to their employees, or is that just uh, just a very isolated few? Um, unfortunately, I you know I'd say it's still isolated. There are some more, and yeah, probably more than before, but not nearly as what it should be. You find a lot of people actually lie to their employers and say <laughs> something else happened. They're sick, or <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, while, while I don't um, encourage lying, I, I do tell people that you need to take care of yourself. That is the main thing. And, you, you know, you can kind of get a sense sometimes of what, um, how your employer is going to act. And, I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for that example with, with your dog drowning. That's horrible, you know. Um, but a lot of times when people are dealing with sick or elderly pets um, and have to take them to the vet or or may have to take a time off for this and that. You know, you'll say, oh, I've got to take um, my dog to the vet or or, my dog isn't feeling well. I may be a little bit late today. And you can kind of gauge where where your employer is at if they act nice about it and say, oh, I understand. Don't worry about it. They're more likely going to be nicer to you um, if you lose a pet, you know, or, or when the pet passes away. But 
if they kind of say, well, you know, we're going to have to dock you or this or that, that's the kind of employer, unfortunately, who most likely is not going to understand. And then I kind of call them white lies. I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a personal day or taking a sick day and just saying, I'm not feeling well today. I mean, one of the most important things when you lose a beloved pet is to be able to take time to take care of yourself. How long is that? Because I know people can, up to six months, people can really be upset and grieving over their pet. Or longer. Or longer. Sure. You know, and, and I wish there was a timeline. There's not. It's very individual for each person. But, I, I mean, definitely in the first um, month or two, is a month, actually I'd say three or four months are, are the toughest times. You know, and and so it's important, again, to be a little bit selfish and give yourself the same unconditional love that you shared with your pet. Because here's the thing, too, and I don't think employers realize this, is that when you lose a pet and you're having a hard time, you're not going to be the most productive. That's for sure. You know, so... Sure, you can make a person come in, but how much are they really going to get done? So why not allow them to take a day, you know, take a, use some, some of their sick days or use some of their personal days and do what they need to do and come back where they're, you know, not, because I don't believe in getting over a loss, but at least able to function and, and get their work done and be a little bit more productive. Mm. Check out... Dr. Grossman's website, PetLossPartners.com. Dr. Grossman, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for doing the segment. It's important to get the word out there. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Challenge Cable, can you smell that? Your dog can. <laughs> Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I want to take this time to say thanks. I really enjoy being on Animal Radio and taking your calls. I'm not perfect, I don't have all the answers, but what I do have is a deep passion and desire to help you understand your dog and give you the tools you need to give your dog a happy, fulfilling life. Most of it's common sense and understanding that dogs are just a little bit different than we are. I think that's what makes them so magical. I mean, think about it. They live totally in the moment. They don't think about the future or the past. It's all about what's happening now. Dogs don't hold grudges. They're not greedy. And a dog will never break your heart. They want to please you. They just need to know how. And if I can help you get to the answer, it brings me the greatest joy and satisfaction. You know, sometimes we love our dogs so much, we love them too much. And we treat them like they're our children. And sometimes when we do that, they get a little confused. Like you or I would be if we went to another country where we didn't know the customs and the language. The difference between our dogs and us is that we're capable of learning the customs and the language. Your dog can never learn English. He can never learn what it's like to be a human. But we can learn to act and think like a dog. And that's probably the greatest thing you can do to ensure that your dog has a long, happy, healthy, stress-free life. If you're listening right now and you've got a dog that, well, it's just out of control, always excited, always hepped up, almost like there's Starbucks in his water dish, I'm going to give you two simple things you can do to mellow your dog out right now and you will see results pretty quickly. Number one, pay no attention to your dog when you come home. Just pay no attention to him until he mellows out. Then tell him good dog and give him a pet. Give him a treat too if you want. And number two, take your dog out for a 30 minute walk or a run or a bike ride or a Play fetch with him every single day. You tire him out every day, get that energy out, you're going to notice he starts
starts to mellow out. And when he does, that's when you pet him. That's when you say, good dog. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871-800-696-2871-800-696-2871-That's 800-696-2871 You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. What do you say we go to Jim? Hey Jim, how you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you doing? Good. Where are you calling from today? In Los Angeles, California. Big day for L.A. So what's going on? How can we help? Well, i tell you what. I have a cat. She's about six years old, short hair. Um, about two years ago, she started licking her back area to where the hair okay. is gone almost three inch length and an inch. It looks like she was shaved. And I don't see her doing it, but the hair has never grown back. Can you help me with that? Maybe. I can definitely tell you some things that can cause that. So you, you're not really witnessing her chewing on that, looking at the area? No, she was initially doing it, as I said, a year and a half or two years ago, and I saw her doing it, and I would say no, and she'd stop. But I, I'm gone a lot at work, so I don't know if she does when I'm not home. She's not a nervous type of cat. What do you think this could be? Or will it well, grow back? <laughs> well, if it hasn't grown back, I'm going to say it's not going to unless we intervene. And it may take a little bit of looking um, because uh-huh. with something like this, I, I often, the reason I ask if she's licking is kind of a joke, <laughs> not, not because I didn't believe you, but um, a lot of cats are closet lickers. So people will sit across uh-huh. the exam room table from me and say, no, he's not licking, he's not yeah. chewing. And you know what? And a lot of times they can and they do when we're not around. Um, there are some ways we can tell as a veterinarian we do something called a trichogram where we actually kind of pluck some of those hairs and look at them under a microscope. And we can tell if it's blunted or cracked off at the end, it means we've been chewing. Um, uh. If it's a normal tapered hair that just isn't growing, um, then it has a totally different appearance. So that's one kind of quick down and dirty way we can prove or disprove if a cat's being a closet licker. Um, but there are a lot of different things that come to mind when you tell me about a kitty. And this is on both sides of the abdomen, right? Yeah, both sides and both sides. Okay. Um, equal. <laughs> and, and as I say, it's just uh, maybe it's when I'm not home, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the, the number one thing that I think of is in general when we focus on skin diseases. So food allergies, seasonal allergies can often present as a hair loss in a lot of different ways, um, but sometimes with a symmetrical hair loss in this area. 
and that can be a challenging diagnosis to figure out. So we usually go, kind of go down the list and sometimes knock off oh. those things we can screen for. So things like skin mites. Um, cats can actually get a type of a skin mite that is really hard to find, even with repeated skin testing. Oh. Um, so if we're suspicious of it, we'll actually go forward and treat for it. Um, they can get ringworm without actually getting the type of lesions that we expect in people. Um, and actually both those two things, some cats can actually have but not show any symptoms, which actually makes it even more confusing. Um, and then there's other things when I think of more maybe hormonal or more internal things, we can see hair loss in this area associated with some types of liver, pancreas problems, cancers, um, and less commonly some hormone things like with the adrenal glands. But um, So there's a lot of things that I mentioned that we can check for kind of simply, some not so simply. And uh, that would involve, you know, seeing your veterinarian, having uh, some basic lab work and some skin testing done. That would be where I would start off with. Okay. Um, she seems fine, eats fine. Um, I've made no changes in diet in six years or litter box or anything changed. Mm-hmm. And she's a calm cat. I, I did have a dog. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. She was very close to him all the time. And, and she had a little brother cat. And he passed away a couple of years ago also. I, I, could it be from loneliness <laughs> that she's doing this? If, if she's a pretty calm cat in general, um, we do see subsets of cats that have a lot of anxiety that will overgroom. So it, it's that's on the list, but it's at the very bottom. And again, yeah. we'd have to check for things. So depending a little bit on how prepared you are to look into this, I mean, there's kind of my best plan that I would do, and then there's kind of the budget plan. But I, I think seeing your veterinarian and doing some skin testing and lab work would be the first thing. If we don't come up with anything, then a lot of times I'll treat for mites, and I will do a diet change because food allergy, when that occurs in cats, it isn't something that you switch to and they have a problem with. It's something they've been fed their whole life and then they develop that's, a sensitivity yeah. to chicken or corn. That's what I was wondering. Is there a food you could suggest I could maybe switch that is possibly not an allergic type of situation or no? There, there definitely are, um, but the ones that I'm going to recommend are actually true hypoallergenic diets. So before you get into that expense, I would definitely invest in that visit to the veterinarian. Okay. Um, the ones that I do like to use, if I have a suspected cat with food al- allergy, um, I do like Purina's HA, which is a hydrolyzed protein diet. And then I also, um, uh, Hills has one called ZD, and that's also a hydrolyzed diet. And I can tell you a story. I had a kitten that was six months old years ago, and it was hairless, almost chewing itself up. And this little kitten I put on a hypoallergenic diet. It was actually the ZD. And my goodness, within a month and a half, we were back to normal hair and just such a different different kitty wow. and it just changed the personality so some of these things you know it's, it's a little bit of a road to get there diagnostically but it can be so well worth it so the mites would be yeah. possibly just that licking huh? it could be and like i said the mites can actually occur in cats i've had it happen in cats where one cat is totally symptom free and the other cat is having problems. But if we scrape both cats, we actually can find it on the cat with no symptoms. So we know it can be there. The one thing I didn't even mention, oh my gosh, I can't believe I skipped this. How? Why didn't you stop me? I'm sorry, I was going to. (laughs) Is fleas. It's flea allergy. So cats are also a, a critter that 
when I talk about allergies, they can have horrible flea allergies. And because they're such tidy groomers, it's sometimes possible that you will never see one adult flea on them because they eat them. So that's even a possibility. So your vet will probably want to do um, you know, a good flea treatment as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate your, your help and guidance, and I'll take her over to the vet and let them check out those situations. Hopefully they can help her out. Absolutely. Well, good luck, Jim. Let us know what what they come up with and uh, how things turn out. I will. I really appreciate your call, too. Thank you. And your show is fantastic. Thanks, Jim. We appreciate it. Oh, good. Tell a friend about it. I will. Are you kidding? It's great. I will. Thanks a lot. Take care, Jim. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. Well, I'll tell you why I'm sticking around, because I understand this Dr. Marty Becker is going to be on this show. Awesome show. Love you guys. Listen every week. I'm sorry. I just was someone else there for a second. Dr. Marty Becker is going to be on the show in just a few minutes. He has the top three things you need to bring with you if you travel with your pet. Now, these are things for an emergency, not just standard things. These are for emergencies. See, I can't even imagine where he's going to start. I don't know. So that's on the way, we think, right here on Animal Radio. And uh, we're going to go to your calls in just a couple of seconds here. Calls for Dr. Debbie and Dog Father Joey Volani. This is the busiest time of the year for Dr. Debbie at the office uh, because of the holidays, I imagine. You probably have your share of removing objects during this time of the year. Lots of objects. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? We actually have a bulldog in the hospital right now that has a piece of something in his stomach. You don't know what it um, is. Don't know what it is, but unfortunately, he has other problems. He aspirated some vomit, so he's got pneumonia. Mm. And then he also, oh. unfortunately, was given ibuprofen by his pet owners, and now he has a toxicity. <gasps> oh, really? So, okay, so that's that's important to know. You cannot give your dogs ibuprofen. Well, there's a very narrow dose of um, uh, safety with dogs. And cats, it's a no-no. But with dogs, it's very easy to give an overdose, so you should never do that without a vet. Okay. Note to self Poor on that. puppy. Yes. A uh, tough time of year, so keep your animals safe and uh, uh, away from all the nasty foods and stuff. But we don't have to keep telling you that. Let's see. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, I have for you a story about putting a new twist on one of the most important days of your life. How you can include your dog in that big day. Hmm. I think I'll stick around for that, too. <laughs> It's a really good show. I know. I'm going to stick around. <laughs> let's go to your calls. Uh, let's uh, go to Arnold. Hey, Arnold. How are you doing? 
I'm okay, thank you. Where are you calling from today? Well, I'm actually in Newport Beach, California at the moment. Wow, it is uh, just jackpot on Los Angeles today. So what? how can we help you today? Okay, well, I'm in an RV, and I've tra- driven up from Miami. And I've got a, uh, a two-and-a-half-year-old uh, Ridgeback uh, mixed dog from a shelter down there. And for the last about a little bit more than 24 hours now, he's, uh, he has his, his bowel movement. His stools are kind of like soupy. It's not water, but it's, it's more of a consistency of mud. Mm, okay. And so I was concerned about it. He has no temperature that I know of. He's been eating his food regularly. He's been playing regularly. I take him out every morning under the beach. So he's been running and playing. So I don't see anything other than just the bowel movement being very uh, loose. And that's concerning me. It's been over 24 hours now. Okay. Does he normally travel with you in the RV? We've been together for eight months. <laughs> okay. So he, so he's a seasoned RV traveler, you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Because that's an important thing. Because I can tell you, I had mm-hmm. uh, family members that took their two dogs mm-hmm. out on an mm-hmm. RV trip. And the first trip was a horrible experience. Both dogs developed bloody diarrhea from the stress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were so out of their element that it, it was just too much for them. So that's yeah. always something that I look at. Um, as no, far as everything... No no problem. He, when I drive, he, he lays right down by the well, and he's very calm. And like I said, this is not related to, I don't think it's related to that anyway, not from driving. Okay. Well, other than stress, there are oodles of causes of diarrhea. So if nothing else really jumps out with a change in feeding regimen, um, water that he's drank out of any kind of natural source. Um, right. you know, well, what giving, he does sometimes... You know, he he grazes a little bit, and he gets stuff off the ground sometimes, which mm-hmm. I try to avoid. But the other thing, well, the other thing that he was doing, and I, it really concerned me, although he's not doing, when he was sleeping and that, he was, like, shuddering. His body was, like, shake a little bit. Hmm. Okay. And that was, that actually bothered me as much as the, um, the loose bowel. But that sort of has abated. So he's basically sleeping soundly. He's not, like, shaking. Um he, I take him to the beach of the ocean, and he drinks. Sometimes he'll drink the salt water. Mm-hmm. That'll uh, do it. That, that'll do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I, that I, salt I, water! It's a powerful osmotic. It will cause diarrhea, definitely. Some dogs never okay. learn. <laughs> well, so yeah. So all of those. All of those okay. things are certainly suspect. You know, if he's eating things or drinking a lot of salt water, that can definitely cause yeah. diarrhea. If we uh, don't have a lot of other real serious symptoms, we're not having a change in appetite, vomiting, and seeming uh, in pain, then it may not be anything we need to necessarily do anything for. Now, the okay. shivering does make me a little concerned because that, to me, tells me that something else is bothering him on some level, whether he's feverish or having cramps or something. So that would be, for me, a sign that I would take that baby to a local veterinarian wherever. I was um, to right. get him checked out to make sure there's nothing well, like more I going said, on. Like I said, that's abated. If that had kept on, that mm-hmm. like I said was more of a concern to me, or as much of a concern yep. as the other things. Yep. So that's pretty common. He actually is a nervous animal when he's outside. He will get nervous. So mm-hmm. I'm not even sure always what's going on in his head. He, you know, we're mm-hmm. working on that. 
Okay. All right. Well, you know, my simple solution for a dog with diarrhea that's just started for 24 hours, nothing else has happened, is really to take the food away and uh, make sure we can control everything that's going in his mouth and supervise him. So he really ought not to be running the beach by himself. Um, Keep up the water. Um, In some cases, I will use canned pumpkin, um, and that can actually be an effective tool for both diarrhea and for constipation. I missed that. Would you repeat that for me? Um, canned pumpkin, the kind without the canned, spice. Um, canned pumpkin, like yeah. stuff that they put in a pumpkin pie. No, 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 not that stuff. Because I made that I mistake know. before. <laughs> I don't know what canned pumpkin is. You've lost yeah. me completely. Yeah, so there is canned pumpkins. There's the plain canned pumpkin and can, and then there's also the one that's got all the nutmeg and the cinnamon. You don't want the one that's spiced. Um, but the plain canned pumpkin, you can give that for a large dog. I, I might give a tablespoon each each meal really? just to see okay. if that would help to solid up things. Uh, small dog, a maybe store? do a teaspoon. I'm sorry? I can get this in a grocery store. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, if they're not already cleaned out from the holidays. <laughs> okay, and pumpkin without all the seasoning in it is what you're saying to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Well, I appreciate your uh, your time, and I appreciate you taking my call very much. Thank you. Thank you. We hope that works for you, Arnold. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Oh, I need to get infamous wisdom on dog food. All right. Uh, What's your particular question there? Well, I started off, oh, about 100 years ago with Imes, <laughs> then went to Science Diet, then went to Purina Pro, then went to Nutro. Wow. Now trying to go to uh, Blue Buffalo. Okay. In the never-ending search for what is the best dog food? Oh, it's a nebulous question, isn't it? <laughs> and it's hard to give an accurate answer for just everybody. Well, tell me about what kind of pets you're feeding here. One's a 14-year-old Shepherd Husky, and the other is a 3-year-old Corgi Rat Terrier. Okay. And any kind of health conditions, problems that you're dealing with with these guys? Uh, other than a 14-year-old just being 14. And <laughs> just the usual kind of aches and pains and kind of the old dog type things. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think probably next two or three weeks I'm going to have to put him down. Oh, golly. It's starting to get bad. But at 14, at 14, that's a, you know, anyone would say that's an amazing lifespan, especially a large breed dog. I'm thinking steak is what I'm thinking, and bacon. <laughs> what he's entitled to, yeah, at this point, definitely. <laughs> definitely. So as far as, for the, what is the reason that you've kind of jumped around from brand to brand? Was it that the pets didn't accept it, didn't like it, or were you not happy with how they were doing on the food? Just always looking for better Always looking for better. More more nutritious, better ingredients. Yeah. Well, some of what you've mentioned were some, you know, very large um, companies that have a lot of sound nutrition and a lot of research behind their food. So I can't really find fault with with a a lot of the brands you mentioned. Um, It's really, for me, it's a matter of, first and foremost, um, what we try to feed and also what the pet likes and what they accept. Because no matter how good it is for you, if they don't eat it, then it's a waste of your money and effort. So um, that always plays a role in when I'm making a diet recommendation because every pet is different. And, you know, if we've got a little finicky poodle that will only eat semi-soft 
or canned food, um, that really kind of narrows the, the frame down. Now, if you go, if you're going more with a kibble based diet, there's a lot of good brands that you mentioned there, and I don't really have qualms with many of those. Um, you know, Science Diet, IAMS, um, you know, all of those are, you know, at the top of the list. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there, so I'm probably gonna, hold back saying that there's a single best food, um, but I would try to find what works good for your pet, what provides consistent stool quality, and hopefully, uh, if it's a better quality food, we see less poop, and that would be one of the big uh, goals that I would have for you. Okay. So and then, it's, good um, safe to, it's good and safe to stay with Nutro? You know, yeah. I mean, we do have some concerns going on currently with uh, some of the food recall with the cats in Nutro. Um as far as, but I think that's, um, it's still a good company and a lot of these recalls that they're doing now are more a little bit proactive rather than reactive versus what we went through in a few years ago. Um, so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. And, um, you know, if, if your pets, if they like the kibble at Science Diet or IAMS or, um, you mentioned so many different ones, it just, is there one or two that sticks out that is a, that you felt the pets did better with? Uh, neutral. Yeah. If it's working for you and it gives you good, consistent quality, then, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't feel bad about that. Give that a shot. Let us know how it works there. I appreciate your time today. Now, let me just make sure I have this straight because I maybe I just missed something here. This guy's dog is a few weeks away from being euthanized, and he's wondering what kind of food to, to feed it. Is it. Well, he's, you know, what he should feed dogs in general, not just Judy, the one. Judy, in my last two weeks, uh-huh. make sure it's cheeseburgers. Okay. I'll make sure. You put it in your will. <laughs> and cake and ice cream. Oh, that'd be on my, <laughs> my list. <laughs> Mine, too. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. that your new pet grows up healthy and happy with regular veterinary exams. Call your veterinarian today. A message from your local veterinarians. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. I don't know what that means. (laughs) If it's usable, use it. Otherwise, cut it and get out. Do you travel with your dog? Of course. My pets are part of our family. Me too. I take Daisy with me everywhere. Right, Daisy? So how do you find out what hotels welcome your dog? I read Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog. Sounds perfect for planning our next vacation. Right, Daisy? It is. Their motto is leave no dog behind, and they have great hotel and destination reviews. Where can I find the magazine? Go online to FidoFriendly.com. I will for sure. Come on, Daisy. We're off to find our next adventure. This is Animal Radio. Hey, Joe. Yeah, how you doing? I've got a question. I've got a two-year-old blue healer. I've had him since he was 14 uh, weeks old. Of course, he goes everywhere with me. But he has this thing he does. He licks pee. Uh, the spots that's been marked or he'll pee and turn around and lick it. What I'm wondering is, is he missing something in his diet? I mean, he when he does it, he knows I don't like it because he'll hang his head and uh-huh. look the other way. But now, when he licks it, his tongue goes spastic and he'll actually start foaming at the mouth. Uh, okay. Now, is, is this fella, is he neutered? No. All right. Well, what he is doing is he's reacting to 
the smells and the scent hormones or basically the pheromones in that urine. So while it's a disgusting thing to imagine him licking urine, um, he's actually reacting and slightly overreacting to the presence of those uh, pheromones. So um, the best thing I could say is get this fella neutered, not only to stop this behavior, but also to keep him healthy, keep the risk of uh, prostate problems and cancers out of bay and and far away from him. So that would be my recommendation. Get this guy neutered, and you may see that that does decrease some. But even if he did still do that and he still has this, um, the best thing I could advise is keep him on a leash or even a head collar when you are taking him out for his little exercise and try to keep him away from doing that. It's really a matter of just restricting the access as well. But, uh, yeah, the, the, the frothing at the mouth and getting all excited, that is, he's just picking up on those hormones. And thank goodness that doesn't happen for people. My God, could you imagine going out to clubs that night? That would be crazy. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm embarrassed when he does it. <laughs> but now, but now even in his, when he does his own pee, he's still after the pheromones and all that, right? Well, some dogs will lick their own urine, and, and that's where it kind of becomes just a bad behavior. So I would definitely stop him from doing that. Now, if he's just going over those areas and marking afterwards, yeah, he's just doing the whole territorial thing. So, yeah, I think the first thing I'd say is let's tame this fellow's hormones down a little bit, rein those in, and then um, when you're actually afterwards, I'd say when you're walking and exercising, we'll work on those things and trying to restrict the time and the amount of effort he's spending smelling those things. And that's when you say, okay, we're done. And um, you just keep that time really short, brief, and uh, with time, if his experience and exposure to those things is shorter and we have less of this drooling and carrying on, then um, it'll gradually get better with that. So. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, I'm working on a poop and pee-flavored pet food, uh, dog food. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I live in a tight space with him, and gas is something I really don't want to smell dog-flavored <laughs> <Yeah>. dog food. <laughs> Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Simro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. And it's an important list because these holiday traditions can land your pet on the naughty list and you at the vet's office. Decking the halls with balls of holly can be very dangerous for our pets. So you may want to skip that tradition altogether and just stick to the fa-la-la-la-las. Mistletoe and holly make for great songs and imagery during the Christmas holidays, but if ingested by our dogs or cats, these can lead to some severe internal issues. So make sure that if you're going to use them, do so with care and vigilance, and check daily to make sure they're still where you put them and they haven't gone missing. Christmas trees are a holiday tradition for most of us, and I know that brings with it several things that responsible pet parents must take into consideration. Let's start at the bottom. The water reservoir is so tempting for most dogs and cats. The problem is that the water may contain bacteria, additives, and other preservatives that are used to keep the tree fresher longer, but can also cause problems for our pets. One simple solution may be to put a small amount of chicken wire or screen over the opening of the water basin. Ornaments make the Christmas tree something to remember. Unfortunately, for our pets, this can also be something very tempting. They see what often appears to be new toys to play with hanging on branches that they can reach with relative ease. So be sure to have an ever-watchful eye on the ornaments, especially those on lower and easier-to-reach branches. And if you have glass ornaments, be extra vigilant as they can fall and break, causing additional dangers for our pets. And speaking of sparkling Christmas trees, let's not forget Christmas lights. 
These blinking and flashing lights add beauty to the tree, but raise the curiosity level, especially for our cats. Be sure to keep these off easier to reach branches, and as always, watch and see how your pets react to these new introductions to their environments. They're going to be curious. The bigger concern is where and what that curiosity leads to. If you see them engaging the tree to get at ornaments or lights or even water reservoirs, redirect them. Make sure they know that it's to look at, not to paw at or chew. Popuries and candles can certainly set the mood with wonderful scents. However, use caution when doing so with pets in the home. Remember, our pets have a much higher smelling ability, and this increase in unique scents is definitely going to raise their awareness and incite investigations into what can be potentially dangerous for our four-legged friends. So decorate with caution and care. We here at Animal Radio hope you enjoy the holidays and decorate to your heart's content. Just do it with an eye towards the safety of your pets. Let's not find our pets on the naughty list or find ourselves at the vet's office for something so avoidable this holiday season. Here's your real dogs doing amazing things watch. You wouldn't think he's 10 years old just by the way he acts. Tucker gets into a lot of trouble. Known in the family to be the food burglar. And because of that, an amazing secret that was hiding in Tucker's belly is about to be revealed to the world. After I turn around, the popsicle is gone. Tucker ate it stick and all. You know, smacking his jaws. But you know, with dogs, often what goes in comes right back out. Stick and all, everything came out. Two days later, something else came out. And I look in the paper towel and hear... Here is my wedding ring. I kid you not. My wedding ring? Her ring went missing five years ago. I was devastated. The bet thinks the popsicle stick may have dislodged the ring. Friends have said, I want a dog that throws up diamonds. Like, who doesn't, right? So I have my wedding ring back, and Tucker is, <laughs> he's my hero. Hero? That dog's a jewel thief. And I don't even care. <laughs> this is Animal Radio, baby. How would you like to save money on nearly all your prescription drugs? We've set up a special toll-free number for the RX Outreach Program. They're a nonprofit company whose mission it is to make prescription drugs more affordable to the masses. They don't take insurance, and in many cases, your prescriptions are even cheaper than your co-pays. They carry thousands of different prescription drugs, so whatever you're taking, there's a good chance they have it. No coupons are required, and this is not a discount card. It is pure savings on your prescription drugs. They specialize in generic meds for any chronic health needs you have. Call with your prescription and find out for free how little you can pay for your prescription drugs. Remember, we don't take insurance, so call right now. 800-689-0143. 800-689-0143. That's 800-689-0143. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. The world's largest animal cloning factory is now under construction in China, and it's got plans to churn out pets, police dogs, racehorses, and a lot of beef cattle that will be sold on the open market on a huge scale. It's estimated that it will have the capacity for more than 100,000 cattle embryos in its first year, with plans to expand to one million of those embryos. A joint venture between the two companies involved started China's commercial 
commercial cloning market producing Tibetan Mastiff puppies. Well, it's always nice to have pets around. There's a new study out. It finds that having a dog to cuddle up to and play with is great for children as those kids are less likely to suffer from anxiety because of the dog. The study included more than 350 children between the ages of 4 and 10 who had a dog in the family and found that out of 58% of children who had a dog, only 12% tested positive for anxiety in comparison to 21% of the kids who didn't have a pet. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, anxiety disorders affect at least one in eight children. Experts say childhood anxiety is a major mental health problem in this country and that anything they can do to lessen anxiety or even prevent its development would have a big impact on our mental health system. And here's a video you should really check out if you haven't seen it yet. On their one-year anniversary, the couple we're talking about released the most beautiful wedding video ever to be filmed that is ever to be filmed by a dog <laughs> josh and addie burnett strapped a gopro camera to the collar of their dog rider on their wedding day the result a two-minute video capturing the most important moments of the day from a dog's eye view you'll love it and a rare pygmy hippo calf has been born at the San Diego Zoo. They say it's the first surviving hippo birth at the zoo in over a decade. This little guy, girl rather, weighs about 12 pounds, was born to its mother, Francesca. We actually don't know if it's a boy or a girl at this point, but the celebratory birth adds to the world's smallest species of hippo, which is currently on the endangered species list. There are only about 2,000 pygmy hippos left in the world right now. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. I have questions on the news here. Sure. Cloning. Okay, so China has, is, 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 is cloning pets and, and beef cattle. Now I can I, well I can understand, but I, I can understand the um the the logic of why somebody would want their pet cloned because of course their beloved pet dies and they think they're going to get, you know, an exact replica. But why are we cloning beef cattle? Mm. I mean, no, you would take an animal that is you know bigger, beefier, for example. Oh. Um, like with dairy cows these days, they're breeding taller, thinner cows, so you can actually squeeze more cows into a barn. <laughs> Everything has to do with wow. uh, you know the size and space of an animal and you know certain types of animals will produce more meat like the racehorse secretariat genetics there everybody thinks secretariat was a great runner he was but did you know he had a heart that was seven times it was three to seven times i think it was seven times the normal average for a racehorse so he had so much more oxygen in his blood was it steroids no it was just a freak of nature oh, wow. huh you know, I try to stay away from uh, genetically modified foods, you know, like corn, oh, especially. Too. I can't imagine yeah. eating meat that's been cloned, mm -hmm. what kind of implications there might be there. And there's a lot of feedback on that. And when I was reading about this, I guess a lot of uh, Chinese people are actually uh, not thrilled with that aspect either. We kind of think, I believe, from the, the presentation we're given of Chinese people that they're quiet and just kind of go along with everything their government says. Uh, they're not happy about this either. And, uh, you know, there was a controversy over whether they're going to be labeled. You may not even know it when you buy the meat at the market that it's 
actually been That's genetically scary. modified. That's yes. scary. We were talking about fleas before, and uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier in the show I spent much of my weekend on Wikipedia. And that may not sound like an intriguing weekend for you, uh, but for me it was. I learned more about fleas than really anybody should ever know, but some very interesting facts. Because really up to this point, my only dealing with fleas was with, you know, on my animals mm-hmm. and, and combing them out and putting spot-on treatments on them and uh, trying to get rid of them from the carpet. But let me just tell you just a little interesting fact. Their legs are fairly long and their their hind are adapted for jumping. And a flea can jump vertically up seven inches and horizontally 13 inches. So now if you were to do this, if you were to be a human relative to body size, and if you were a six-foot human, you would be able to jump 295 feet. 295 feet. That's like a 10-story building. Wow. Pretty far. Can you imagine jumping from the from the ground up to the 10th floor? <laughs> These little guys here, they uh, they receive signals. And this is what I thought was interesting. Now, I would go through my animal with a flea comb, and I would find one flea, and then all of a sudden there were no more fleas. And I knew there were more fleas. I was like, do they have signals? Do they tell the others when the flea comb's coming or something like that? And in fact, they do. They receive signals of vibrations, heat, and carbon dioxide. And wow. all, all three of those, they're blind, essentially. Are they? Yes, they are. Uh, let's see. What else did I find out? Oh, they can live a year and a half under ideal conditions. That's a pretty long time. Jeez. A year and a half. And, uh, if they, of course, they don't have their blood meal. They'll only live about a week. Oh, really? So they need that blood. And the optimum temperatures are between 70 and 85 degrees. But you got to have a, a humidity of uh, about 70%. So that's why in places like where Dr. Debbie is, Las Vegas, while they do have a temperature that's up near 75, 80 degrees, they have a really low humidity. What, what is your average humidity dry. there? Like 20%? Oh, less than that. I think it could be 12, 15 on a wow. regular good summer day. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't want to deal with fleas, you got to move to Las Vegas for that or some dry area like that. Then there's I the- just had a kitten with fleas today. Did you? A four-week-old kitten someone found, yeah. In Las Vegas. Now, how would that happen? Well, whether it was found on the road or it was actually living like in an interior environment. So you can get them in Las Vegas in a closed house. I've also seen them in some of the feral cats that actually live in um, buildings. So they actually may have them um, in some other building that they're going into. Where it's climate controlled. Yeah. And you have a lot of that there in Las Mm -hmm. Vegas, all the casinos and everything. So you also have the uh, rabbit fleas. And, you know, Dr. Debbie, you taught me that there's cat fleas and dog fleas. There's actually rabbit fleas. And how smart are they? They can detect the changing levels of cortisol in the the hormones of the rabbit and tell that they're getting close to giving birth. That actually triggers their sexual maturity and they start producing eggs. And as soon as the baby rabbit is born, the fleas make their way down and right on to the baby. Uh, This is Flea Facts on Animal Radio. I hope you're enjoying this as much as I am. Okay, we're always talking about flea treatments. We all differ on our selected treatments. Dr. Debbie is a spot-on kind of gal, right? You're, you're a spot-on. Oh, please tell me you found a natural one. There are a bunch of them that they think are natural, like cedar oil. They say cedar oil is a non-toxic natural substance, but it can be hazardous to cats because it contains phenols. I encourage you not to use cedar oil. Uh, what are some of the other remedies that you hear about? Oh, uh, diatomaceous earth. I always hear about that. It is, uh, you know, when you put it out on the carpet or wherever, you're supposed to wear a mask because it apparently has dust that is bad for your lungs. So we don't really know how harmful it is. And borax. You've heard borax, about it. I was going to say, that was one I was, I was waiting to hear if you had that on there. Put it right into the carpet and yep. you cannot use that on the animals. 
No, it is for the environment. Well, you should make sure whatever you're doing to clean up your fleas, you take care of the carpet, you take care of your house, because actually 95% of what you need to get rid of is in your carpet. If your pet lays in your bed, it could be in your bed, in their bed. So you got to watch those areas, clean those areas, and empty the vacuum bag. When you vacuum, you should vacuum every day. Empty that vacuum bag every day because they can live inside the vacuum bag. Mm-hmm. And, and you also need to cl- treat your yard if your animal goes out in your yard or your car. If your cat, cat or dog is a frequent passenger in your car, sure. they can live in your car. So there you go. Fun flea flax. If you want to learn more, head on over Fun to flea flax. Flea flax. Flea flax. <laughs> Wikipedia is a bivvy of knowledge. Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hey, it's Vinny Penn coming at you again on Animal Radio, your party animal. I wanted to talk to you about something that uh, has been bothering me lately. I've been thinking about lately. Uh, a friend of mine who's got a five-year-old just uh, got him uh, a bowl with two goldfish in them. It made me think about the goldfish I had when I was a kid. Cheech and Chong were their names. I had two. And... Uh, he would say the whole thing about, ah, you know, when the time comes, because they don't last very long, we'll do the old ceremony by the toilet and flush it down the toilet. I gotta tell you, who's the sick bastard that came up with that ritual? How come you can't put the goldfish in a jewelry box and bury it in the backyard with the ceremony the same way you would a hamster or anything else? Why does the goldfish get the un- ceremonious flush down the toilet am i wrong to say that that's almost teaching children disrespect it's teaching them frivolousness how can you how can you shout at your five-year-old not to put things in the toilet not to flush their toys down the toilet but then you're going to carry over henry their beloved goldfish dump it in the bowl and say anybody want to say goodbye to henry anybody have some parting words for henry i think the flushing of the goldfish down the toilet not only is something that needs to be stopped but we need to find out who the nut job is who came up with that in the first place and and ask him why he was such a hater Vinny penn party animal on animal radio If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. 
And here's what I've been waiting for the entire show. If you travel with your pets, and we all travel with our pets, it's becoming more and more common. I can't think of any place that I don't go with my pets except like the grocery store. But, you know, if they if they would let us, we would, but sure, they won't certainly. let them in there. But no. if you travel with your pets, you want to be able to travel safely. And there are three things that Dr. Becker says that you should bring with you. Dr. Becker, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello, dear friends. Happy holidays to everybody. Back at you. Here, here's the three things I want you to think about that you probably haven't thought about in the past. Let's say uh, you guys talk about your pets are, are easy travelers. And so for them, most of the time, a trip in the car means it's someplace fun. Either they're just going to be you know, traveling with you as you uh, go through drive through or you go to visit somebody, or maybe you're going to the dog park. But a lot of pets don't do very well because the, the trips to the the vehicle usually been a trip to the veterinarian or a trip to the groomer. Some places not as fun. So mm. there are some really good anti-anxiety medications. There's uh, about, as we've been talking about creating fear-free veterinary visits, and part of what happens with fear, you know, anxiety and, and fear both lead to stress. And so there's been companies that have developed some really good natural chill pills, so to speak. And so you could ask your veterinarian for a recommendation, but their names like Anxetane, Soliquil, Zilkeen, Composure Pro. And those work good for pets that have separation anxiety or to introduce another pet into the household or to take it to someplace stressful by the vet. But wow, can it make that car travel so much easier? Well, here's my question, though. If you're going to the vet, do you want your animal to be doped up when you get them to the vet? This really doesn't, it really doesn't dope them up. It's, it's really funny. My wife takes a, a green tea extract to rev her up, and yet, yet uh, L-theanine, a green tea extract, really calms pets down. Hmm. And there's another one I use that has tryptophan. You always think about that after Thanksgiving, you turkey, know, after yeah. the, the turkey. <laughs> and it has milk casein, and it also has uh, L-theanine in it. So they're not, i tell you what it's like. Like when I'm, when I'm on the road uh, traveling, and I get done with a long day, I look forward to having a glass of beer. Uh, it's just like Pavlov, you know? I'm relaxed, I'm tired, I'm going to eat and have a glass of beer, or some other people might like a <laughs> glass of wine. That's more what it's like. Oh, okay. That's more what it's like. Because you've, ha- you've had a beer, and it's just like, okay. And so you're not hyper-alerting like those dogs do. You know when they're all of a sudden they're hearing everything. <laughs> and then they stop and they sniff something, and then... <laughs> And they're constantly scouring around the floor. They're hyper alert to noise and stuff. So they're just chilled out. Okay. Is, now, there, the other, is there a way to behavior train them instead of using drugs, like so that they'll, they'll just be calm in the car? There is, but uh, it's been my experience over 36 years that most people aren't willing to do it. Okay. So it's just like, it's just like <laughs> thunderstorm phobias. You know, ideally, you can desensitize a pet to thunderstorm phobias. And there's some great products out there that work, but most people aren't willing to do it. So here's something that is, is even for cats, believe it or not, uh, the one product, Anxetane, has 93% palatability. So it's easy to give. It's not an actual sedative like some of the things we give in, in veterinary medicine for fear-free visits. These are all, these are all really natural chill pills. So just ask your veterinarian. They may use a little bit stronger dose than we normally use, but it's really nice now that these companies have stepped up and found some products that work in a natural way to calm these pets down. Okay. Okay. What else? Okay. The other one is is anti-nausea medications. So the, you can't measure nausea. Like, you know, I think we've all got a story from college, uh, maybe more recently, where you felt nauseous from drinking too much or you had the stomach flu and your brain tells you you're queasy and your stomach tells you you're queasy, but there's no test for it. That nobody could test you and say, oh, they're, 
you know, Hal's definitely nauseous. It's just something that's inside your brain and your stomach that you sense. So for a pet, if they're feeling nauseous, they'll often lick their lips a lot or they'll hypersalivate. You'll start to see them salivating. But other than that, you don't know that they're nauseous. But most pets, if they haven't traveled very much, will be, uh, will be nauseous. And sometimes that nausea just results in anxiety. They don't actually vomit, uh, but they're extremely anxious. They're extremely or extremely stressed. And so, again, you can ask your veterinarian for a motion sickness dose of an anti-nausea medication. Uh, it's just like you've got a cork in both ends, and they arrive so much better. And so I just, I just love the thought of being able to take a pet that normally is stressed out, is nauseous, and they can just have a really nice trip and arrived in good shape. And the third thing I would tell you to do is, uh, to, is to bring your veterinary record with you if you're going to travel. Just ask for a copy of it, and mm. you'd never know when you have an emergency, and you want that information very quickly. And, you, you know, if you call the hospital, it may be in the weekend, it may be in the evening hours, and they're not open. Ask for a copy of the current medications and everything that your pet is on. Wow. Okay, so get the list of your medication, get their records, and anti-nausea medicine, and uh, perhaps a chill pill of <laughs> sorts. A chill pill. These are- they- they work so well, Hal. These these dogs that normally pant and their hearts beating out of these chests, or these cats that are stressed out, even cats. I just I'm so tickled now that companies have responded with these natural products. I think I could use one of those. Yes, you could. <laughs> I know my ladybug definitely could. If we go in the car, she just she's just so stressed. Hmm. She sits up and looks out the window and then hides back under the blanket, then sits yes. back and looks up the window and go. then hides and shakes on my lap. She's just she doesn't appear to be nauseous or ill. She's just stressed. Okay, we'll put all the names of those meds over at the website at animalradio.com. Dr. Becker, thanks so much for joining us today. And we'll do it Love. again soon. Love you guys. Happy holidays. Blessings. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. It went by real fast. Thanks so much for joining us again today. Be sure to check out Dr. Debbie's books, Yorkshire Terriers, Shih Tzus, Pugs, Mini Schnauzers, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And of course, if you're in the Las Vegas area, that's where she practices. I tell her she should really give up the practice and start doing it for real someday because she's really good at it. She should do it professionally. <laughs> and remember, if you need your fix of Animal Radio during the week, you can download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and ask your questions of Dr. Debbie and dog father Joey Volani right from the app. We'll catch you next week for more Animal Radio right here on this great station. Bye-bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.